Hello, this is March, the year 2020. We are listening, or you are listening, I should say, to the We Work Weekends with Warren podcast. As everybody knows, at this time, the entire world is tied up with the coronavirus outbreak, also known as COVID-19. There's more words to it than that, but that is definitely what is affecting everybody at the moment. But we are going to do an interview, and as we said, the, we are listening, you are listening to We Work Weekend with Warren. And those of you that don't know, my name is Warren, and I am a full-time balloon twister living in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. And I really enjoy talking to other entertainers, people that tend to work weekends, which is why we called the uh, the podcast We Work Weekends with Warren. So now quite a bit of rambling on about our introduction there. Today we have Wrangler Elisa. Wrangler Elisa is the owner of the Saskatchewan Reptile Show and she's been doing that since 2012. Wrangler Elisa not only has the show but she is a rescue curator, educator, and public speaker. I have seen her in numerous events. The kids all think that her animals and her education is just top quality. I recommend Wrangler Elisa for many different things. Anyway, there's quite a bit of me chatting there, so let's bring Wrangler Elisa on and... Thank you so much, Warren, for that introduction. So as Warren said, uh, I am uh, the curator and director of a rescue as well as running a show. Uh, I thank you so much for having me today. Well, you are welcome. I'm glad that we were able to fit this in. You are one of the people that I have um, always enjoyed watching around the province, and I know you're incredibly hardworking. And uh, so, but obviously I know you, let, let the rest of uh, the listeners know a bit more about you and exactly what your show is. Yeah, so our, our show that we do, we actually have a couple dip- different options. So we do a reptile show for kids. It's an educational show, really fun. They get to see animals that they might've never seen before. Uh, we also do like an animal kingdom show where they get to meet both reptiles, amphibians, arachnids. Uh, We usually bring a bunny and a bird with us, so they get to meet all these different animals from the animal kingdom. And then we also have debuted this year our dinosaur show. Now, that's a big production show that we uh, do as public shows. So most of you guys will be able to see us in the summer and fall doing those shows across Canada. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I remember I saw your your promotional video of of the T-Rex. And uh, kind of, you know, somebody in the T-Rex, but it looked like it was a lot of fun. And I'm betting the kids love it. Oh, man, we were just at the Saskatchewan or Saskatoon Family Expo, excuse me. And we had a massive crowd. Uh, We debuted showing our baby dinosaurs, our T-Rex, our Triceratops and our long neck. And then, of course, we had Tiny, the Velociraptor, the big 12-foot dinosaur there as well. So you have four different dinosaurs? Yeah, we do. Yeah, we have three babies and an adult. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. I, yeah. Well, obviously, uh, kids always love always love dinosaurs. Uh, that's it for sure. Uh, the one thing I, I do you have an alligator or is it a crocodile? It's an alligator. His name is Littlefoot. He's been with us for the last five years, but I've known Littlefoot 
for almost 11 years now when he used to tour with uh, Safari Jeff, uh, my friend and previous employee. I used to work for him as well. Well, how big will the alligator get? Well, he's a male, so they do reach uh, larger sizes than a female, but we can estimate we'll see him grow to around 400 or more pounds. You're going to tour with an alligator that might get to be 400 pounds. Well, we do tour with him now, but he's getting pretty heavy already. So at some point, he'll he'll retire from shows and just be on display. Okay, because I have seen pictures of him. In fact, uh, I don't know if that's your the picture of him on your Facebook page or not, but he doesn't look very big at the moment. Is is that him on your Facebook page? Yeah, that is a uh, little foot right now. He's about five and a half feet. I do believe almost six. So he'll, he'll keep growing. Wow. When I first got him, he was only about two, two and a half feet. So that was five years ago. So how old is, <laughs> okay. So, and, and little foot you said is 11 years old. Uh, no, he's actually almost uh 16. So he didn't, he didn't grow 16. as big as he would have in the wild because they don't have any predators out here. So we feed them on a more structured diet. So they grow at a slower pace, usually in captivity. So what do you feed him? Uh, he eats a variety of different things. So he'll eat uh, chicken, turkey, um, he'll eat rats and mice. Uh, he's had some deer before because mm -hmm. they would hunt deer when they're adults. And he's about that age where he would start getting a little bit bigger uh, animals. So he's eaten um, some rabbits before. So he eats a variety of different things. Wow, that's interesting. Um, I heard this this totally useless thing here. I remember hearing about a uh, an alligator farm. I think it was in Vietnam or whatever. And they thought, well, let's let's get the animals fatter so they'll they'll actually feed the they they overfed their alligators and apparently they all got gout. Yeah, they. That, does that make, lots of reptiles yeah. I've seen get gout. We've had a couple come into the rescue that have had gout before as well, and those were just bearded dragons. So all. So other other animals, other reptiles will get gout. Uh, yeah, other other animals can. Yeah, so, it's not just alligators. It's yeah? there's okay. many different species mm -hmm. that can. Yeah. So my my guess though is all the boys want to take a look at the alligator when the alligator is on display. Is that oh, correct? everybody does. It doesn't matter on gender. Everybody wants to see Littlefoot. Oh, yeah. Really? Hey? Last year we were doing. Yeah. Well, he was a little bit lighter. We were doing photos with him, so the public actually got to get hands-on with him. And when we take him to our public shows, we don't do private shows with him, but uh, our public shows, uh, usually at the end, kids get a chance to either see him up close or maybe even get a pet if he's feeling up to it. He is an alligator, so we kind of go by his mood. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, you don't want to have an issue, do well, you? Well, we always tape him for safety. Uh, it doesn't hurt him at all. Uh, they okay. do it all across okay. the country here in Canada and in the United States. Sure. It's actually uh, required, but uh, they actually have no muscles in opening their when, jaws. When you say they're required, you, you, okay, so you, the, everybody everybody closes their zip their mouth closed, tape it closed, I guess. Yeah, we I'm use saying. just electrical common, tape because, right? I mean, you can put that on your skin and it doesn't hurt, so it doesn't hurt them at all. Uh, some people use a rubber band. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't take much to hold a jut. Mm. Um, but whatever the case is, he's super friendly. It's not like he gets really mad or anything. He actually enjoys being around the public. He's done it all his life. 
were uh, being with Safari. So Jeff. he's fairly socialized. Oh, massively socialized. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like uh, so, I, when I'm giving you know, him I'm a bath yeah. at home, I'll even like scrub him sometimes with a scrub brush and he gets all excited and right into it. He loves it. So yeah, very socialized. Wow, interesting. Uh, unfortunately, I've never seen the alligator, but I've seen the uh, the the boys when when uh, as you're doing your show or after your show, and the kids can come up and see the boys just love it when you put the snake around their head or around their neck or around their arm. We, that's I. Yeah, they, we yeah. we normally give hands-on experience and sometimes holding. Uh, the one thing you'll never see is even if they are up uh, around the head area, we never actually wrap the snake around their neck. It's always looped behind like an arm okay. or something like that. Um, just because mm-hmm. um, most of the snakes that we have in our show are like corn snakes, milk snakes, king snakes. Sometimes you'll see uh, python. Uh, and stuff like that. And when you're dealing with those types of snakes, those are constrictors. They don't understand the difference between your waist, your arm, or your neck, right? And the neck, of course, is sensitive. So we always maintain a very, very good case of uh, protection for everybody and making sure everybody is safe while dealing with a live animal. So we always make sure. Right, right. So they're, they're just draped. Yeah, just draped over. Sorry, they're, they're just draped over around their, like an, from one arm around the back of the neck into the other arm. Is yeah, usually, yep. Okay, sure, sure. Right, right. Um, the one thing that, that I also know is it, your your business, I guess you call it a business, but because it is, but it, the it, you run a nonprofit is really where I'm going with this. I mean, the, you must have some expenses that other businesses just wouldn't dream. Oh, of. yes. Our, uh, how difficult is it to run a, a, a nonprofit uh, camp or I mean, not camp, but business while living in Colonza? Um, sometimes it's very difficult. All of our animals, of course, even if we're not working, do still need to eat. They still need their heat. They still need proper caging. Uh, they need to live uh, happy, healthy lives, right? So uh, no matter whether we're working or not, uh, in the case of right now, unfortunately, uh, not, but we are always maintaining uh, excellent source of care for them. Now, when I say that the expenses are pretty high. That's why we started doing shows actually is to support the rescue that we run. And uh, some of the animals that come in do require vet care and stuff like that. So we got to make sure that they have everything they need and the funds to actually support that come from doing shows. So how many veterinarians in Saskatchewan would be very familiar with, well, I know you have, you have reptiles and you have arachnids and you have amphibians. I'm not sure at what point. Anyway, where do you find a veterinarian? Well, we that knows started, uh, we, we had a few different veterinarians that we went to um, to find out who was the best. And uh, for us, the one that we work with very closely, our Orchard Veterinarian Clinic in Saskatoon, they're absolutely amazing. Um, they've done surgeries for us on animals that, you know, might not have survived if they had been able to go for surgery and that are very finicky to keep alive while in surgery. Like we had a chameleon go for surgery and the, their success rate is very low of getting out of surgery and lived a happy and healthy life coming out of surgery and was wonderful. Eaten within uh, a day or two of her surgery, they've just always done a fantastic job, whether it just be health checkups on new rescues coming in 
or animals that need uh, more severe care. So where would you get most of like these rescues? Are they just donated or, or does, you know, the city police pick one up and say, oh, well, now we have a snake. We've what had both actually. So um, a lot of people get a reptile and, you know, they don't read up on it or they get it for their kid and they don't plan on ever helping their kid take care of it. And that kid goes off to college and there's still a snake around the house that, you know, maybe a mom doesn't want to take care of. She didn't sign up for that. And her son lives in a dorm and he can't have it anymore. So there's lots of different circumstances that leads it lead to it. But we've also had, you know, police go into an apartment and there, or animal control and there's a snake that's loose um, and someone just left it behind. We've also had issues where animals are sick and dropped off. Uh, we've had many, many different uh, ways that people have in animals. We also work with conservation. So ball pythons and all boas and all pythons are illegal in Saskatchewan. And uh, if someone's caught owning them, uh, instead of going to Drumheller, because of course Drumheller Zoo has closed down. So now they come to us until we can find them a home on a province where they are legal. So how long is that, would it normally take for you to find another province, somebody, and I'm not sure where the next province is that would allow these animals. But uh, how sometimes long does that it takes take? years. In all honesty, we've had uh, ball python on our, in our rescue for, I think, three years now, and it still hasn't been adopted. Whenever we do adopt or well, reptile expos and our guests over there, Alberta or Manitoba or even BC, we always bring our adoptable animals that for those provinces with us and hopefully they find a home. Ball pythons are kind of, uh, I want to say a dime a dozen pet in the reptile trade. They're very well bred. They're a really good pet, but they live over 40 years. So they are a long lived pet. Oh, yes. Yeah, 40 mm -hmm. years, that is insane. So the, the other thing I, I noticed about you is like I looked at your website, of course, like I said, and, and you seem to have, I'm not sure if you'd call them helpers or educators throughout the entire province uh, helping you out. How do you so find these So a lot these of these people, people are actually um, friends of mine or people that have gotten into the reptile hobby that also have a love of educating people on animals. And this is the per side gig, I guess you could call it, or job. Um, some of them volunteer their time. So a lot of people just, it's for the love of the animals and helping out the rescue and educating the kids and the future generation uh, on animals and giving them a better respect of all creatures rather than just maybe the furry or fuzzy ones. Yeah, like I've seen you do this the most, but I was really impressed with uh, one fellow that I saw at a daycare. I, I can't remember which one of your animals, or w which ones he brought with him, but he was very knowledgeable and he was very comfortable, not only with the uh, the children, of course, you know, which you need to be that, but he was obviously very comfortable with the animals too. Uh, I can't remember exactly what he brought, but the, the kids thought it was fabulous. So obviously you've got some very yes, very and we're always looking for more people that have a love and uh, good education or are willing to learn. Uh, we've had people that have come in that just know a little bit, and then they shadow me for 
however long it takes until they're knowledgeable enough to actually do the show and know what they're talking about, know the proper answers and care and requirements for every animal that they're bringing. So it's very important. You get, I'm sure you know this being an entertainer yourself, but you get asked some weird questions sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, the one thing that uh, I'm just, well, I should tell everybody that's listening, all of, uh, all of the contact information for Wranglery Lisa and uh, her reptile show and telephone number and email will all be in the show notes below. So if you want to contact her for anything at all, you know, volunteer or have her come out for your show, we'll put that in the show notes uh, down below. Um, I've got like the way I, you know, maybe it's just me, but why would somebody who wants to specialize in animals want to do reptiles? So reptiles are truly incredible creatures. And the more you get to know about them, the more you truly understand how amazing they are. Uh, there's a reason some species have been around for millions of years. And that's just because of their adaptation and uh, evolution to be able to survive in some crazy conditions. Think of our frogs out here that some of them freeze completely solid and then they come back to life in the spring. Uh, there's not many other animals that can do that. Um, turtles being able to uh, stop breathing out of their lungs and use their special gland to be able to relief car release carbon monoxide so that they can survive underwater over the winter. You know, there's some truly amazing reptiles. Now, the other reason why I chose to specialize in reptiles uh, is because they're truly misunderstood. Same with arachnids sometimes even amphibians people see a spider my daughter would go crazy and want to keep it as a pet whereas other people would want to squish it but she's been raised with the proper appreciation of the circle of life and the role that uh insects and arachnids play in our environment and it is truly incredible how much they do play a role just like uh frogs as well frogs are actually yes. considered an indicator species so if a frog population is declining yes, you know something is going wrong so reptiles are truly amazing and we're so lucky to have them on our planet and that's what we really want to share with kids is mm -hmm. to appreciate all of nature and even my kids when we go out on our nature walks or we go geocaching we're always bringing you know a garbage bag with us to help uh, the environment a little. And if we see any trash on the ground, we'll pick it up. And just little things that any anybody can do to help out the environment are very important. So it's not that we just specialize in reptiles. We want to actually give kids an appreciation for the environment that they live in, or they may see later on in life. Well, so, and, and that probably leads me right into that. Like you were telling what you do with kids and stuff, but that must be some of what you discussed oh, yes. during yeah. your Yeah, we camps. actually do uh, whole sections on what types of environments different animals live in, what we can do to help the environment, uh, different projects of things that you can do at home or make at home, whether it be a bee bath or, you know, bird seed cones for some birds or even a bird house, you know, little things that we can do to help the environment around us. Uh, they also get to meet tons of different animals this year. So do you, do you have dates for those camps? Yeah, yet? actually I do. Or do you even like, yeah. Okay. So 
Our July camp that we have is from July 20th to 24th. And then we have an August date as well from the 10th to 14th. And where are those Those are in Saskatoon, actually. So they're at the Royal Canadian Legion Hall. So we're right by the river and we do some nature walks down by the river as well as we learn about the environment. Uh, Last year, we got to specialize in some of the smaller insects that most people don't even realize are around and who found some isopods outside. And those are kind of our nature cleaners. They clean up the waste left behind. So, and how, so that's quite interesting. Obviously you were talking about the, the kids and educating the kids and that must be something that you discuss quite a bit in your summer camps. Oh yes, we sure do. We cover lots of different things, whether it be about the environment uh, or making an environment that the animals would live in and different stuff like that. They also get to meet uh, up to 30 different animals during the week. And we have multiple different age groups that come in. Uh, So we have camp full time for kids from ages six to 13. And then we have a uh, preschool camp kind of for the four and five-year-olds that really love reptiles. And we have about uh, 25 spots open for the big kids from 6 to 13, and then 10 spots for the little kids. So are the, uh, the, are the older kids there at the same time as the little kids? Do they, like, or you said the kids are just, the young ones are just there for two days. Yeah, um, they're just, just there for two days and they're half days. They have their very own counselors, so they don't do any of the same activities that the big kids do. It's geared just for little kids, their camp. Okay. Sure, sure. Yeah. And um, so where is that located again? Oh, yes. So we are actually going to be hosting it at the uh, Royal Canadian Legion in Saskatoon. So it's just down on Spadina Crescent. So right near the river, we get to go for nature walks, and we actually taught the kids last year about uh, the smaller insects that most people don't even notice are around like the uh, bug cleaners or sorry the the poop cleaners of the environment like isopods and stuff like that so do you take them down to the river or you just take them near the river near the river we don't go down to the river because of course safety is key for us we've been doing this for a long time and I have kids of my own anything I wouldn't do with my kids I'm not going to do with someone else's right so you have you said you have two camps yes yeah we have one in July and one in August oh excellent so so uh the July one when is that the July one is from July 20th to 24th And then the August one is from August 10th to 14th. It's an action-packed week. So most kids, by Thursday, we hear every single year, they're like, oh, one more day. I can't wait to sleep on Saturday. We do so much. (laughs) But they always want to come back. And we actually have our first campers this year graduating to counselors. Oh, really? Yeah, we've been been going to camps for almost five years now. This will be our sixth year, actually, and our first uh, two campers are now at the age where they can no longer be campers, but they've come every single year. So these kids are like 14 years old right now? Yep, yep. So they're going to be counselors for the first time this year instead of campers. I know they are very, very
So I would like to thank Wranglery Lisa for being my guest this evening. Uh, unfortunately, we did lose Wranglery Lisa. She said, um, living out in Colonze, sometimes the Wi-Fi isn't very good. But please check out her website and her Facebook. As I said, all of that information will be listed below. If you'd like to be a guest yourself, just look at the information in the podcast description below. And we would love to put you on. So anyway, have a wonderful evening and thanks for listening. Bye for now.